0: All right, let's come back together. I wanted to talk about traditions because it is in the air, is it not? Has anyone been online? Has anyone been to a store? Has anyone turned on the radio or listened to music or Spotify? It is in the air, right? Like the, there's a season. So let's talk about this. Uh, Are traditions good or bad? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. So on one hand, traditions can be really good, right? They can be comforting, or they can bring a sense of togetherness, or appreciating memories, or passing down culture, or values, or remembrance. Uh, We see in the Bible, even, from a spiritual perspective, that tradition can be a really good And deep and precious and important thing. In Exodus 12, verses 14 through 16, God gives the people of Israel a tradition of the feast of the Passover. So that they will remember what God has done for them. So God is really into feasts and remembering. This is a huge part of what God asks his people to be about. So this is from Exodus 12. This is a day you are to commemorate. For the generations to come, you shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. For seven days you are to eat bread made without yeast. On the first day, remove the yeast from your houses. For whoever eats anything with yeast in it from the first day through the seventh must be cut out from Israel. Like, is he saying this is a serious thing? I would say yes. On the first day, hold a sacred assembly. And another one on the seventh day. Do no work on all these days except to prepare food for everyone to eat. That is all you may do. I really like this. Basically, they say nothing but food. Okay. You can like eat it. You can make it. You can cause it to remember things. But God is like, you guys, celebration, remembrance, doing something over and over again. This is a command. This is a gift. And God says, take it seriously. Don't just do it like, do I feel like doing this this year? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I'll just choose individually for myself. No. God is like, I want you as a community to do this. You need it. It's really important. So sometimes traditions are really good and important, and even important to the people of God. On the other hand, they can also be meaningless, empty, and unhelpful. Okay, here's a passage in Mark 7, 5 through 8. This is in the New Testament, and the religious leaders have noticed that Jesus and his disciples don't do all the things that you're supposed to do, and they're kind of annoyed. So, uh, this is verse 5, so the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, why don't your disciples... Live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with defiled hands. You're supposed to wash your hands in a certain way at a certain time. They're like, we're all doing it. He, Jesus, replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings Are merely human rules. You've let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. So, this is pretty different from the previous scripture, right? This is the scripture that tells us traditions can be not great, they can be empty, and they can be hypocrisy. We see that Jesus is pointing out that people are just doing things to do it. And they're just into the doing of it, rather than really focusing on what they're supposed to be doing. People have added traditions on top of traditions, and they don't even know why they're doing it, except to police other people. They just did it. It would be like if we decided, hey, Christmas trees sometimes help you to get into a mode of thinking about Christmas, and so we all have to do, have Christmas trees, and they all have to look like this. And if you don't have a Christmas tree, we're wondering why, because we're all doing it, right? And that's not a tradition that's helpful. That's not the what, what God would have us do. And Jesus calls it out. He says, you're missing the point. Honoring God is not just about doing a bunch of actions or following traditions, because they're traditions. It's about honoring the commands of God. He says, let's not lose the whole point in being all about traditions, especially religious traditions. There's something about religious traditions where you have to look at it and go, is this honoring of God? Is this helping my heart? We should celebrate traditions in a way that honors God and helps us to focus on and see and worship God. And I say this today because I'm not sure if you've noticed, but the American Christmas holiday tradition is upon us. Am I right? I have a friend who's new to this country. And I saw her on Friday, this uh, two days ago. And she said to me, this is my first time that I'm in America for What is it called? Black Friday. I think you're supposed to go to Walmart. So it's a whole thing, right? Uh, The American Christmas holiday tradition. And it is powerful. It is a powerful uh, thing. And I'm not going to lie. I'm going to confess to you as a leader here in this congregation that I am not immune to the power of it. I was at Trader Joe's yesterday. You walk into Trader Joe's and immediately you smell the evergreens, right? And you go, I should buy one of those. But I didn't. And I was like, it's cheaper at Costco. So (laughs) I uh, walk in and then I see that there's gingerbread houses and Things that have memories for me, and then there's certain fruits and vegetables, and certain, you know, and I'm there buying some um, snacks for a care package for my goddaughter, so that's what I'm there to do. But somehow, as I go down the pet aisle, I see this, which is an advent calendar for dogs, salmon and sweet potato dog treats. And not only do I see it, I'm impacted by this message, either from within or without, that tells me my family will be happy if I buy this item, and I buy it. (laughs) And I come home, and I am unloading, and my family members are like, my family members who are not yet hypnotized by the American Christmas holiday season they're like, Mom, you're out of control. <laughs> you're out of co- Why did you buy this? We're not interested in this. And pop, this image of like, if I buy an advent calendar for my dog, my family will come around, and we shall be happy. <laughs> the message the lie, the insinuations that kind of connect with that which is coming at me and that which comes from within me are telling me things that cause me to do things here in our culture that I don't know if I really would do if I were in my right mind. Has anyone ever experienced that? Where you're just walking along trying to buy some snacks and then boom! You're hit by a message. My career would be better if I bought this holiday thing. My family, my parents would love me more if I decorated in this way. And you're like, why am I thinking this? But the messages of the American holiday tradition are powerful. Amen. Because in America, Christmas is a big, fat, mixed bag of good and bad, and somewhere in between. And I'm not saying that buying gifts is a bad thing. I'm not saying that buying something in the holiday time is a bad thing. In fact, some people really have a gift of gift-giving, and that is one of the ways that they really express love and thoughtfulness. And, that you know, I don't have that gift. But some people are like, I found this specific thing for you. And you're like, I feel so loved. Right, so gift-giving can be a way that uh, we love one another and we express uh, excitement and joy and celebration. It's just our culture. But in every culture, including ours, spending and other holiday traditions can eclipse what we're actually celebrating, right? All And I think Lucas and Gabriel were talking about that. All the things that we do, or we're encouraged to do, or we're drawn to do, or see other people doing, can eclipse what the point of this time is, what we're actually celebrating. Isn't it true that sometimes in this time, and certainly after it, think January, that things can feel empty or worse? In a recent survey, nearly 88% of adults called the holiday season the most stressful time of the year, according to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And in, in 2022, patients made the most appointments for depression and anxiety on November 28th, which is the Monday after Thanksgiving. So, there is certainly an underside to all of what the advertisements and the images that are all around us. And I tell you today that God is not honored by a frenzy of spending and anxiety and depression and empty traditions. Can we just sit on that for a second? God is not honored by a frenzy of anxiety-driven spending and empty traditions. So in light of that, I would like to invite, yea, challenge us even to embrace two things. As a church leadership, we've been asking God for the past six months, how do you want us to lean in to uh, the scripture and your reality uh, during Advent Um, and During December. And the first thing is, I would like to invite us to embrace Advent and not the American Christmas holiday industrial complex. Advent is a season observed in many Christian communities as a time of expectant waiting for Christ, it is a time that's set aside for expectant waiting. So for those of you who don't come from a tradition of of observing Advent, it's a season that lasts, the, it's the four Sundays leading up to Christmas. In our church, um, starting next week, which is the first Sunday of Advent, we'll have a little wreath and we'll light a candle one at a time as a way of counting down, of entering into that waiting process. Um, and the season of Advent, it. Um, anticipates, anticipates the coming of Christ from three different perspectives. The physical nativity in Bethlehem over 2,000 years ago, so the historical uh, time where Jesus came to walk the earth. The reception of Christ in the hearts of a believer that happens at all times, but especially as we lean, in, lean into this um, remembrance. And also the second coming of Jesus, um, which is at the time that none of us know. So those are the three kinds of things that we're acknowledging and leaning into during Advent. Practically, I would like to invite us to lean into Advent by reading Scripture every day, and particularly together. If there is a way, you may live alone, but is there a way you can read this together? There's all sorts of like online phone (laughs) ways that we can do this. And I think, are they on your table? Okay, so um, I will send an email also on Tuesday with all the links to this. You can find it on our Advent page in Church Center. Um, These resources will be available to you. But let's read these scriptures daily, starting next Sunday, during the season of Advent. And let's not just read it as an empty, like, thing to check off your list, but really to create a space for God as we engage him with the scriptures. There's also, for those of you who are helped by having a devotional, a devotional is a little booklet that has some scripture, some questions, some things to meditate on. There's also um, a devotional that we're making available on our Advent um, Church Center site as well. So that's something that you can do. But I, I really want to emphasize the communal nature of this. You I mean, there are all sorts of different um Advent devotionals and, you know, ways to organize, but let's do this together and also let these scripture passages be alive um, in our hearts and minds together. The second thing I'd like to invite you to do is to embrace Advent conspiracy. What is Advent conspiracy, Susan? It is something that started with three pastors at three churches about 15 years ago. It's a movement of churches that are founded on the radical idea that we can celebrate Christmas humbly, beautifully, and generously. So think about humbly, beautifully, and generously. It is acknowledging that um, Advent is the story of this amazing moment when God entered our world through Jesus to make all things right. It is the greatest story ever told. Even if you've heard it before, we lean lean into and embrace. We open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit saying, this story, I want it to be alive in me, my family, my relationships. And it changes everything. And it changes the way we celebrate Christmas. So I'm going to share a little video And kids, this is especially for you, but this is a video that talks about the four elements of Advent Conspiracy. Let's watch.
1: Christmas is coming. Yay! We're all so excited, too. There will be parties, decorations, caroling, and cookies, and presents, and more cookies. But is that what Christmas is all about? No. Christmas is Jesus' birthday. Happy birthday, Jesus. And we celebrate his birth by helping, giving, worshiping, sharing, joy, hope, happiness, love. And to help us celebrate Christmas in a better way, we've created a plan. Awesome plan. This plan is called the Advent Conspiracy. Advent is what we call the days before Christmas. Month-long celebrations are the best. Conspiracy is a fancy word for a plan that we are going to work on together. So during this Advent celebration, we will worship fully. Let us be joyful and spread the good news. Spend less. When we are thankful for what we already have, And when we spend less on ourselves, like not buying expensive new toys, we have room in our hearts to give more to others. So we give more of our time, our happiness, and our love to our friends and family. Love all, share a loving heart with the people we know and the new people we meet. And we can use the money we saved earlier by spending less to help other people. What a perfect way to celebrate Jesus' birthday. Christmas is coming.
0: So we did this Advent Conspiracy about 10 years ago, and I just love it because it's such a a great way to... um, to resist the American Christmas industrial complex and really, together as a community, focus on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as I said earlier, tradition is not bad. There's something really good and uh, human about traditions. But let's together not let tradition um, co-opt or uh, eclipse what Jesus, who is the center of Christmas, is all about I would like to make this one step even more real by inviting Julie to come up, and I'd like to um, invite and challenge us to do one more thing together during Advent.
2: Hello again. <laughs> um, so it is that time of year, right? Where We are writing Christmas cards, thinking about what happened in this year, and I have to say one of the... Highlights and one of my deepest joys happened in January of 2023 when I had the privilege of traveling to Sri Lanka with Susan and Gary Stokes. Uh, many of the, you know them, and uh, Gary's on our board on our church. And they actually also oversee the vineyard partnership for Sri, Lanka, v- Sri Lankan churches. So there are six vineyard churches there. And I got to travel with them, meet all the pastors and the pastor's families, work with the kids and the youth. With you, Youth, by the way, is ages 11 to 33, so it was a very large youth group. <laughs> um, but I was so blown away, I can really tell you it was like walking into a sister church for Vineyard because the values of Vineyard were so there. Like worship, the whole idea of worship, it's actually like a whole nother level. Like we're talking an hour worship. I got completely lost in the worshiping even it was a different language right and prayer is such a high value there they just they had you know so long extended prayer times that like they didn't even worry about the potluck you know they just kept going and going for three hours of prayer and food could wait right I mean prayer worship and another thing I loved about the churches and the pastors their heart for evangelism they are just so eager to share the love of Jesus all over Sri Lanka and, uh, for, for those of you who don't, don't know, Sri Lanka is a very, um, divided up kind of religiously country. There's, um, it's primarily Buddhist, but there's also some Hindu and some Muslims and some Christians are a minority. So there's lots of challenges to sharing the faith, lots of persecution. But in the midst of all that, they are just so eager to share God's love. And uh, when the pandemic hit, you can imagine there was a lot of crisis in the country. Not just because of COVID, there was actually a lot of economic crisis that started happening through a series of decisions. So, along with religious persecution and along with you know COVID, there was this major, major downfall in the economy. And I was struck, you know, going just this year in January 2023. I I think that most of us, if you had asked, like, oh, we're getting out of the pandemic, things are getting better. But there, they just feel, like, so stuck in the economics, and so, like... I was asking 11 year olds, like, what is your, what is a prayer request for you? And 11 year olds were telling me, pray for our government, pray for our economy. I thought, wow, I don't know many 11 year olds here that would pray for those things, right? But it's just really, really hard. Things have just skyrocketed in price. They're not even able to do the basic things. Uh, anymore. And so a part of the church's way of reaching out to the community is trying to support people through this really difficult time. So uh, I had the chance, I talked to the pastors, actually Susan Gary did first, and we we said, how can we bless your community the most? And they said, please, please, our children, they need basic school supplies, because even if they go to school, they can't they can't do any of the work because the kids are supposed to bring their own notebooks and and you know basic resources, but nobody could afford them. I mean, something like a dollar notebook here was just so crazy high for their cost of living that they couldn't even have basic school supplies. So it was really fun. We Susan Geary and I went to a local store, and it was really we purposely picked this like local store, not like a bigger chain store. And the shop owner was like blown away. I basically bought every school notebook he had. He was like, whoa. And we packed up the car and we gave it to two pastors and uh they were just so touched. I think it was about 150 notebooks. I have a picture. Um a few weeks later they distributed it to in the community and you can see just the smiles on the kids' faces. It's like I was like blown away that one little notebook can make such a big difference to to a child and to a family and to the church in, tr- in terms of loving the people around them. I mean, it's, I think I take notebooks for granted, but but this is such a big gift to them. So, um, yeah, I was just so, so excited about being able to give to them in this way. And then Pastor Susan will share a little bit more now about what we're going to try to do as a church.
0: Thanks, Julie. I would love it if um, we, as a church, could uh, spend a little bit less and give a little bit more to our ministry partners in Sri Lanka, these six vineyard churches that we're building relationship with. Already, I can tell you, they have blessed us more than we have blessed them, although we did bless them by sending Julie. (laughs) But just... What God is doing in their community is just so encouraging. So I would like to ask congregation, church, do you think we could spend a little bit less and um, raise $6,000 to send to those churches so they can have school supplies for their kids and the kids who are they're reaching out to so that they can go to school? They, if they don't have school supplies, they can't go to school. So there are kids who are not going to school because their parents can't afford school supplies. They're not provided. And so, um, Julie and I were thinking, wouldn't it be great if we set a goal? And, um, it, and it, it would be like on top of our regular giving, not instead of, we'll have a, a separate account. I think we were going to call it the Sri, Lank- Sri Lankan School Supplies Fund. And we thought, hey, let's just aim to raise $6,000. And I think that would be a tremendous gift for them. Um, So we're going to do that until December 15th. And then, um, because we want to get it to them, because they want to do a Christmas outreach um, with the funds available. And they want to know how much they have available. So would you just think about that? Um, And kids, I I would love for you guys, kids and youth, would you lead the way? In um, helping your family think about how can we spend less? Maybe um, a little bit less decoration, a little bit less gifts, or a simpler meal, or I don't know. uh, I'll let the Holy Spirit lead you in what that means. But let's do that together. So I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit would would lead us. And um, yeah, let's pray. (sighs) Come Holy Spirit. In all these things that we've heard, be in it, Lord. And now we give you our hearts and our minds, our imaginations, our consciences, our bodies. We give you our community. And we say, Lord, thank you for our brothers and sisters in Sri Lanka. Thank you, Lord, for their partnership in the gospel. Oh, Lord, thank you for this opportunity. And I just pray that you would be alive in us. And help us to know, Lord, what is the good and right thing for us as we enter?